Welcome to Fool Injectors, a podcast where two car guys try desperately to not talk cars with mixed results. So it was very frustrating because I didn't really have any time. I had to... When did you get this job? When were you assigned it? Uh, let's see. I got it yesterday morning? Mm-hmm. Yesterday afternoon, actually. Um, just got a call and she's like, hey, do you want to do this trip? And it was at 11 o'clock going up to Maine from from Boston area. And uh, I was like, uh, hold on, quick Google search. Uh, yeah, I could make it up there and home in time. So sure, I'll do it. <laughs> and it was so frustrating because today was so hot. I mean, did we reach 90 here? How oh, yeah, was it? It, it was 93 in Worcester. Yeah, how hot was it here today, hon? Don't look it up. Just tell me. Or were you? Were you? I was indoors. She was indoors. She was. She was in air conditioning. If you're gonna talk, you have to come in close to the mic, honey. This is this is the live voice. This is not the distant dulcet tones of Leslie singing from two rooms away. This is the live and speaking into the voice microphone voice. You can only hear me when I'm singing. You can't hear me when I'm actually talking. Yeah, right now she's mumbling and the microphone's not picking up anything. Well, that's <laughs> coming close. That's, that's kind of like the normal. That's the normal level. Should I voice. just sing everything and not actually talk? That's it. Just keep it near. Just keep it near Leslie because you've got a big enough mouth, Andrew. You don't need to be right up on nah. it. Nah. No, I don't have it. Yeah, please don't I, do that again. It was just. Okay. Well, in any case, hot. it was it was up into the low nineties today, around this area. Where I dropped, where I dropped, disgusting. Was it? It It was was pretty bad. Gross. Yeah. I drop off. I'm in Camden, Maine, which for those who have never been there is this cute little New England coastal harbor town. It's like it's like a little postcard, and it's 70 degrees. Doesn't have a Walmart though. Uh, not in the town part where I was. Trying to remember where Camden is. I mean, there might be a Walmart in Camden, but, like, Camden proper, like, the little harbor town that's on the water there. Gotcha. No. Like, there's there's very shishi little bistros and little shops and art studios. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, 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 that's right, that's right. I was thinking it was just south of Rockport, Maine, because that's where, that's where our friends live, but it's just north. That's actually where I've, I've when, I do the, when I do my camp tours... I have a client that goes to different summer camps because she has uh, Japanese students that come for the summer, young ones, to try to get used to American culture. Um, and we usually do a two-day trip at the beginning of August. Not this year, um, but she stays in Camden, which is just north of Rockport. I was thinking it was just south of Rockport, which I believe was Rockland, Rockland, Maine. Yeah, everything is just kind of wedged through there because I, I remember seeing signs going, "Welcome to Rockland, welcome to Rockport, welcome to Camden." Like within three feet of each other, I'm like, "Where, where exactly am I?" <laughs> That's a, nice a lot one. of rocks. But it was 70 degrees, and sunny, really, and breezy off the water. I w- I would just we I, apparently were in the wrong place. You were totally in the wrong place. Yeah. I was totally in the ro- right place, and I had no time. I had to just get on the highway and hustle home. Mm. So I rolled the windows down and opened up the sunroof for all of 10 minutes. And then the moment I go inland, it was like 10 degrees warmer. Yeah. Like two miles away. Yeah. 
That's a shame because nice. every time every time I've done that that camp tour, you know, I'm usually visiting. You know, it's great because I was able to work with the client so that we would always end up in that Rockport Camden area, so that she would stay in a hotel there. I would stay with our friends. We would usually finish up around four or five o'clock in the afternoon, but then they they're early birds, so they usually have dinner early. They want to relax, watch a movie, so it's very laid back. But I don't usually get the chance to explore the town and on top of that Camden pretty much shuts down at 5 o'clock <laughs> have fun have fun unless you're going to go to a restaurant have fun hitting a, a gallery or a, a coffee shop or just a souvenir shop they just 5 o'clock boom shut down it's uh, certainly a different way of life especially in that part of Maine the further the further you get away from Portland it's completely different but it's nice yeah too bad you didn't have more time to spend there hmm. had to rush back and then, how, yeah, so you, so, so then you were saying, so what did you have for food? What did you have for dinner on the uh, way home? So, so, so I was hustling home. I needed to gas up, and I needed to use the bathroom because it was a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive. So I pull off at a Cumberland Farms, and it's like, okay, I don't really have time for anything. I need something I can eat while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking, and it's like, I don't want a hot dog. So they had their staring back at me these buffalo chicken rollers Ooh. That, that they're cooked alongside the hot dogs on that sort of rotating heater thing. Always looks so tempting whatever's on those rollers. <sighs> they actually taste pretty good. So it's, yeah. it's oh, like yeah. it's like a cylinder of meat that's in of, of, of like processed chicken. Oh, it's so pro- it is so processed because when you bite into it <laughs> it looks like you bite into a circus peanut. It's just oh, yeah. this orange, <laughs> congealed. <laughs> you can't see any meat. You can tell there's chicken in it. <laughs> it tastes it's, amazing, but it's, man, it's like it's like the consistency of a stale marshmallow. <laughs> it's like their conveyor belt. It's like here comes the chicken pieces, and it's and then they then they add you know they they'll add some flavoring and then. Then oh, set yeah. it through another yeah. conveyor belt. It's like, okay, let's add the breading. <laughs> it's you're eating basically like a hot dog is what usually like a mix of some sort of pork product. Well, this is this is yes. exactly what these chicken rollers are. It's it's like the chicken hot dog with buffalo flavor included. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 like the most ungodly iridescent orange on the outside. <laughs> Don't get it. On I your have fingers. no idea. It, it's like it's like it's like. It's like automotive grease when you get under your fingernails. If you get any under your fingernails, oh, or anything, no. it'll just, you'll be orange for the next three or four days. I, I honestly. Syracuse mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think they just color it in with a magic marker. <laughs> and, but, but the greatest thing is they inject through the length of it this like tiny little ribbon of blue cheese sauce mm. through oh, the my. dead center. But, um,. Yeah, they 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 actually taste fairly good going in, but um, they don't settle well. Oh no! Actually, I've never yeah. had any problems with them. Uh, most most of the food at, at Cumberland Farms, I don't have. Uh, you know, it settles well. Not too bad. Pretty benign, I would say, in general. I suppose it depends on your stomach. And and I have to say, they have some fantastic beef empanadas. There's no Tilda. 
<laughs> hey, you leave Matilda out of this. She's a very nice person. It's an empanada. Yada. Empanada. Empanada. Uh, so you made it back. How? So it. So what time did you get back home? Uh, pulled in at six twenty. Nice. So we had our meeting at seven, and I was hosting, so I had to fire that up. Good old Zoom but, meetings. Oh, like my whole life is just staring at this stupid screen, watching everybody impersonate the Brady Bunch intro. <laughs> yeah, I've had burnout lately. I had five meetings on Friday last Friday. Uh, then followed up by two meetings on Saturday, and then people wanted to get together in the afternoon, like at four o'clock. It's I don't I don't know what it is with four p.m. Saturday. Everyone I know says let's play games on Zoom at four p.m. on Saturday. It is maddening because I have two meetings that I'm obligated to be on at ten thirty and at one or one thirty, and so I just want to get off. And it's a Saturday, and yeah. especially because the weather was gorgeous out. I'm thinking. I mean, I like to be social and to see people on Zoom, but goodness, just get me out of this room, out of this house. And just let me enjoy some some Zoom downtime. It, it, it is amazing, because getting anybody to Zoom from Monday to Friday is like pulling teeth. Oh, then... yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And all weekend long, it's like, wait, we've got 17 million things to do right now. Come on. That's why I was glad at least... I got invited to a, an online tour on Friday. Oh, Rob, you were there. <laughs> it was just nice that it was done on a Friday evening. I mean, granted, that's still closing in on the weekend, but at least it was right. something different. Long weekend, essentially. Yeah, but yeah, I just you know I, I told people I just started I just started declining. I said nope Saturday. I'm, I said nope. Sorry, I'm 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 out. I'm I'm outside. I'm done. Yeah. Yep, it's always that. Start saying no. Yeah. But I can never say no to a buffalo chicken roller from Cumberland Farms. <laughs> that's that's where it, it, that's where my that's where my no ends. It is one of those things where I, I'm I'm always hopeful that they'll have it there because it's so inconsistent. And then you go over and you just you just see that orange cylinder <gasps> rotating, just hovering there like the. The space aliens on Star Trek Four that come to talk to the whales. It's it is funny because they have some stuff that's actually not too bad. I mean, even for roller food, so they do egg rolls, which are right. You know, they're pretty good. Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing that I actually really like is when they do their, they have these kind of uh, breakfast rollers, and they do they have a French toast and sausage. Yes. Although sometimes I'll tell you, I'll say those don't mess with my stomach, but sometimes I'll get some really nasty like burps coming out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll taste the, great. I'll feel great for an hour, and then all of a sudden it's burp, burp, like ooh. The, the the only problem that I have with those is you get the little tub of the maple syrup. And it's it's just it's just brown colored corn syrup. Yeah, I, I actually right. use that. There's no way to get it from dipping it in the syrup and to your mouth without spilling it somewhere. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't understand the viscosity of that is amazing because it's so thick and yet it'll go boop, like instantly. Yeah, they actually have there's another roller. 
And I thought that was it. I thought the French toast and sausage actually has maple syrup built. They bake it in. Because mm. I've had it where it's it's had a maple syrupy taste to it. And I don't know. Maybe they use maybe they use maple encased sausage, or maybe they just add. I mean, because they're processing it somewhere. It's not actually done at the Cumberland Farms. So whenever they're processing it, they add maple syrup. But there are, I have had them where it's had the maple syrup taste built in. So maybe they changed it, and then maybe that's maybe that's what was causing the really nasty burps later on. So they add it, you know, they give you the tub now. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's not exactly fine dining, but... No, you, you think... <laughs> but no, it's just food on the go. That's so, that's how what it are your is. Options? That's unfortunately what happens when especially when you can't predict your work schedule. Where right. you know, it is what it is. But hey. It's a nice thing about Cumberland Farms, they're everywhere. And they're usually open pretty late. The one in Lemonster near you guys is open overnight and you can go in and get Mm-hmm. Rollers at three in the morning. I know I have. So, what about like on a road trip? Where do, where do you like to go, for, like a like gas station food? Hmm. Well, well, Leslie, since you bring it up, if I ever see a Wawa, Wawa, <laughs> that is where it's at. Okay. Uh, now, granted, that's not always for food. Their food is their food is maybe a step above Cumberland Farms because at almost every Wawa that you see, they actually have a uh, a separate uh, cafe where they will make food on demand. Now, so a lot of Cumberland Farms will do that, but not everyone will. And it's usually just kind of packaged, thrown in a in a warmer, and here you go. But but Wawa. And Wawa, man, their cold brew, ooh, cold brew is is pretty bomb. I don't want to get too dramatic on their cold brew, but it is, you know, if I see a Wawa, even if I just stop three hours before, I'll stop again and get another cold brew. Why not? It's that good. <laughs> yeah, the thing, I, the thing I like about Wawa is they have the little ordering station, so you just... I want this, and then you can go about your business, and then it's all ready to. Oh, that's nice. Your sandwiches are ready to go. Yeah, it's 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 a nice way of doing because usually what I'll do is I'll order when I walk in, go use the bathroom, and when I'm coming out, it's the order's kind of either wrapping up or it's done. If I'm just getting a, a coffee, it's it's already done. Now, one of the greatest things I had ever seen. So Wawa is definitely one of my favorites. Um, Cumberland Farms I like, but they're only in the Northeast for the most part, although I think I saw right. that there's a few opening up in the South. However, the the uh, mid-Atlantic states out into out into Pennsylvania, West Virginia, mm-hmm. Andrew, Andrew will know what I'm talking about. Okay. Sheets! <laughs> <laughs> now, just so you know, uh, it's the S-H-E-E-T-Z, sheets. if you don't live in any area that has a Sheets... But yeah. that is my, that's my second go-to. So if I see Wawa, I'm going. If I see a Sheets and I can't find a Wawa, I'm going there. And the really nice thing they have not, I've, I haven't seen it. I think it's only at a very small portion of their stores. 
But one time I was coming back from a, a track day at Virginia International Raceway. Um, and I stopped at a Sheets. And so I'm getting gas. And they have right at the pump an ordering station. So oh. you can actually order your food, order whatever you want right there. Pump your gas, go inside. And it's and their food is actually, it's closer to, I would say, general fast food restaurant food. You know, where oh, Cumberland okay. Farms is like very processed, very here, let's warm it up and give it to you. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. fast food is like that too. But um, at Sheets, they actually will make it to order. And it's not just... You know, they actually will make French fries. They'll make you a burger, actually assemble you a burger. It's not just taking oh, out the package. Oh, that's nice. So that's a good one. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what's what are some really good ones in other parts of the country that uh, for get for a gas station like on the go. St- is there is there any chains that you can think of Because all I can think of is is the Mid Atlantic down to down towards florida and then maybe towards like yeah uh, like around here the gas stations are kind of on the on the tiny side so yeah i know it's like even even the cumberland farms thing is only a relatively recent like within yeah. the last 10 years they've oh, expanded yeah. to yeah. we gotten all excited we're like oh my goodness they're so much bigger than they used to be mm. <laughs> I, I i still remember driving with some friends and we were out i think we were out in western pennsylvania or maybe in maryland by then and we stopped at a Flying J truck stop. Yeah. And they were wide-eyed because they had never been, like, outside of New England. <laughs> and just to see, like, all the CB radio stuff mm-hmm. and, like, you could you could take a shower there and they had a dentist and they had, like, the it was just a massive truck stop with just tons of services. Mm-hmm. And it just blew their mind that that kind of stuff is available once you get out of the northeast corner of the country yeah it's true i think that's where you see most of the uh most of the chains are more in a truck stop and i, I certainly the, yeah. the central part of the country and in towards the western part maybe not on the west coast itself necessarily as much as the central part central part of the country but that's where you get legit stuff is at a truck stop Right? <laughs> well i mean like a legit restaurant like that's what that's what yeah. i mean well i do like the fact that most truck stops or at least truck stop areas will have yeah a dedicated restaurant which makes sense because goodness if i was a trucker i would not want to be hitting fast food every single time i stopped that would just, right you know it's either shoot me or just let me keel over from you know plaque in the arteries yeah want some vegetables every now and then remember vegetables you want to eat something green and not because it's been sitting there for three weeks <laughs> yeah i know i was i was sitting there with my box I'd, i was saying i was saying off off mic that um today i ate at about three thirty because that's how andrew was talking earlier about uh how he hasn't eaten he had just what he had to eat at Cumberland Farms on the way home from Maine. And I decided to stop at Popeye's just because I wanted some chicken tenders. And I ended up getting a whole meal. Not that I really wanted it. It's just what they gave me. And so you open up this box and there's these chicken tenders that are brown. And then there's these fries that are brown. And then you have potatoes and gravy, which are light brown and dark brown. Uh, (laughs) And... 
And then I wanted a diet Dr. Pepper. They didn't have it. So I got a regular Dr. Pepper, which is brown. You know, I'm like, I, I sense a feel, you know, and that's the thing. It's sometimes you just look down at what you eat and you don't really care. And then you just look at what's in front of you and you go, yeah. It's all very depressing, isn't it? Yeah. I need some green. <laughs> I need some purple. I need some red in here. Orange. You know, not brown. Just please stop with the brown. Even water. Yeah, e- the- even if I just had water, <laughs> that would have been. Right. <laughs> you had cola, which <laughs> is brown. Yeah. I'm not sure the tomato in my burger would count. <laughs> I find, because they, they just opened up a Popeye's here in uh, Lemonster, next town over, um, within the last year or so. And I think I've been there twice since they opened. And to get food for the two of us, it's always like, well, you got to get a meal. Yeah. And it's like, well, I just, I just want, I don't want the drink. I just want some chicken and yeah. maybe a I have drinks. Can I get my own oh, drinks? Oh, and it's, and I didn't, I didn't, I, I totally forgot about the biscuit. Brown. 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 <laughs> well, and, and it's like, it's like, okay, you got two options. You can either get a meal or you can get a meal for like seven people. Yeah. It's just like, what if I want like a couple pieces of chicken, and that's it? It, it, it you just can't. You just can't like, even. It doesn't exist. Yeah, they have to go into the special menu system and go. They have to go into the meals and then delete things, and it and it doesn't change the price. It's you pay the same amount. You know, it's it's frustrating because yeah, it's yeah, that's what Popeyes is good for chicken. I just want the chicken. And, you know, I mean, yeah. even chicken, even though it's breaded and fried, is that the best thing for you? No. I mean, you would like, yeah. you know, chicken Every with now no and then is fine, too. And it's delicious. But they they don't really cater to two people very easily. They cater to they cater to big people or skinny people with good metabolisms that eat like crazy. And that drives chicken me crazy. That, oh, well, yeah. See, that's why I like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. I go to Chick-fil-A all the time, and what I'll get is, you know, I'll get one of their salads. And then if, I, if I'm really hungry when I go there, I'll get one of their salads. And then uh, their chicken strips, but just the strips. You know, get a three-count of strips. And, you know, that's not the absolute healthiest thing I can do. But you know what? That's actually not too bad. Mm-hmm. So. And it has green and red <laughs> multiple colors yeah. whoa so yeah it's hard it's 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 actually not that hard if you prepare well you can eat well on a road trip but it does take planning you know you want to have you want to have good snacks with you not crappy snacks if you like the best thing to have is as bill samsel would say peanuts nuts yeah, I like I like nuts. Um, nuts, maybe some dried fruits, although not too much of mm-hmm. that. But that you know, it's you get some you know maybe a package of dried fruits that you can eat over a gradual amount of time is kind of changing it up, and then just make sure you have plenty of water in the car. Yeah, water is important. Now, see, see what you want to do is you want to hit an Arby's at like three in the morning. In the middle of nowhere, Ohio. <laughs> no, the worst. The worst was when uh, was when Mike and I flew down to to a wedding. Was that the wedding trip? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was the 
Or maybe it was maybe it was this past. I forget. I've been. I don't know. It was either a year and a half so ago many or, trips. or last year. And we flew down and we took the last flight from Boston into uh, Fort Myers. And so we were pretty hungry getting off the plane because we really didn't eat much beforehand. We just had like a small mm-hmm. bite. And so <laughs> I see there's a steak and shake and it's open 24 hours. And I said, Mike, we're going to steak and shake. He said, okay. And it was the, and I love, I, I, now granted, I hadn't been to steak and shake in 12 years. So maybe their quality has changed. I don't know. But it was, it was so greasy. So oh, not no. good. Now granted, it's 3 a.m. So I'm not necessarily expecting the employees yeah, to be. Yeah, maybe unusual. You know, yeah. But it was, it was awful. My goodness. And it's never good to eat at 3 a.m. Unless, I don't know, unless you're. Unless you're really hungry. Or unless you're like a, you know, I mean, I guess if you work overnight, you know. Right. Whatever. Or if you're waiting for 45 minutes in the line at, um, oh, shoot. What was the name of the, the roast beef place in Tewksbury? Samards. Samards. That place, it, it'd be like 2 in the morning. And, you're <laughs> and the line like, would be all the way around to the <laughs> to the front. It'd be out onto the street. And it's like, where where did you people come from? Yeah, but you know what? Wilmington kids, they got nothing better to do than to just hang out and be annoying at 2 in the morning. And to be honest, it's not far from Bill Ricca. So you know Bill Ricca and Tewksbury kids were there too. But they had amazing spicy fries. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and, and so good. And and their 2 a.m. cooking skills are on point. Yeah, well, that's that was their moneymaker. They knew that their busiest time was... You know, and the kids were either when the bars were getting out or the kids were coming. So, especially in the summertime, you'd hit that place at, yeah, I'd hit that, you know, midnight, one in the morning and mm, good stuff. Bad for this you. Broadcast, stuff. This podcast brought to you by Samard's Roast Beef of Tuxbury. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. They probably lost out on some business when the Bruins left their uh, training campus yeah. there. It's funny because it's actually one of the one of the places that's succeeded. You know, you have there's a number of. You know, you had a uh, Sonic that failed there. You had Chili's that failed. There's a number of restaurants that were there that should have been fantastic. You know, not fantastic, but should have succeeded and done very well and and didn't. But Samards is still there because they know what's up. You get those it, it, spicy it, curly fries, can't be beat. That, that stretch of road, it's one of those places where there's so much traffic that it kills the foot traffic through the place. True. Like people are yeah, just no like, one ever get me through there. here. Yeah. Speaking of the Bruins, have you seen the uh, have you seen the plan now for the NHL to restart? Uh, no. Have I? No. I saw the plan. So, so, I saw the plan for the baseball season, and I know that basketball they're going to their little bubbles. I do not know about so, NHL. It's going to be like the Olympics. Yeah, so they, they, they signed an agreement. They, they, they actually signed a whole new uh, collective bargaining agreement that's going to go through like the next decade, I think. Wow. So they're going to be, they're going to be playing in the next two Olympics. Um, but it, like the whole thing was to kick off this uh, tournament for the playoffs because they, they decided to call the regular season done. And so they're going to do training camps starting... I want to say it was the 26th 
of July. It was it was late July, and then August first they're going to start off. They're playing all the Eastern Conference teams in Toronto, mm-hmm. all the Western Conference teams in when Edmonton. Ed- oh, in Edmonton, okay. Edmonton, and then each location they're going to have three games a day, so there's going to be six games. Every day starting August first, just rapid fire. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like the tournaments of uh, like March Madness almost, just like game, 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 nice. game, game, over and over again. Until every get everyone gets coronavirus and then they just cancel it. Yeah, I give it a week. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. You know, it's with these flare ups going on around the country. It's you know now I'm looking. You know, I heard that the Ivy League. Uh, is canceling their football season. Now, granted, college yeah. is different from NFL because you have the colleges have to be open. They have to be ready to to have students there in order to play their games. NFL doesn't have to have to cover a whole student body. But I don't know. Yeah, I think NFL said that they're not doing any preseason at all this year. Well, I heard they cut from four games to two, but I haven't been paying attention to if that's changed yeah. since then. Yeah, I think they were talking about cutting it out completely. Makes sense. Yeah. But that's the thing. If they're cutting it out completely, then I think starting to cancel games might just be the next step You know, early in the season. We'll see. Although they have uh, contingencies, I think, to, to just push back. So if they wanted to, they could start playing in October. If that helps. Who knows? That coronavirus will not stop me from my road trip. Stan. <laughs> so so explain your road trip plan because uh I know we kinda ran over it a little bit, but what's your what's your okay, so what is what is the goal? What is the focus of this trip? So I actually have a a wedding to go to in Atlanta. Atlanta area. So the wedding was shrunk down from, I don't know, 200, 200 plus guests to 50, but it's at the same venue. So it'll be, so I'll have the wedding and the reception at the same venue, and it'll be, you know, social distancing protocols will be enacted. Everyone will have masks. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll make sure that even the seating and just in general, people will be able to enjoy it but stay far enough apart from each other. And they're also doing. Uh, temperature checks and uh, there is something else but another thing just to make sure that you know people are going to be as safe as possible which i think is all you can ask you know we're not seeing numbers get much better so i think just being cautious but just not necessarily shutting everything down is probably what we're going to have to end up doing james i can tell you're heartbroken at the thought of not being able to dance. So heartbroken. Although although this is a this is a Kenyan slash Haitian wedding, so I'm pretty positive there is gonna be dancing. Which is why I'm back to my old tricks, which is the best way to if you don't like to dance, okay? And you know, I just don't like to dance. I mean I do, but I don't I don't like to dance in front of other people. So the best thing to do <laughs> Get a nice camera and just go around taking pictures. And you can actually go out on the dance floor. You can be close to people, but take their pictures instead of dancing with them. And because you're taking pictures, they're so 
into you taking pictures that they don't even care. You know, the one thing I hate is when you're at a party or a gathering or something. Why aren't you dancing? Why aren't you dancing? <laughs> Let's not get you. I'm not even going to get into that. But it's annoying. It's annoying. Like, everyone has to dance. And if you don't love dancing and if you don't do it, even if you're awful at it, doesn't matter. No one will laugh at you. Just get up. Pfft. Yeah. Because I'm the guy who's there looking at all the awful dancers and laughing at them. So I, I know if I'm doing it, and I don't think I'm that bad of a guy. I mean, I'm not a great guy, but I'm not that bad. I do know other people are, you know, if not laughing to themselves, they're at least noticing and making mental notes like, yeah, that white boy cannot dance. So have a camera. And with the camera, you get to mingle. You get to take, you know, people want their pictures taken. So you get to actually talk to more people than one, if you didn't dance, and two, if you weren't social. Which I'm okay socially. So, uh, dancing, don't care. I'll have my camera. I'll be taking pictures. I'll be taking video. I figure, hey, that'll be my, that'll be what I'm doing. And uh, you'll be the man behind the lens. Yes. Yes, I'll be. See, I, I would be the one out there dancing with the Leslie. Leslie, how are my dancing skills? <laughs> Improving. Improving. It's only taken 18 years to get up to improving. From total disaster to improving. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I decided that, uh, you know, Andrew and I, we were talking, looking at the, the costs. And, uh, you know, so I'm actually excited to do a road trip in this age of pandemic. You know, to see how what I can see, what I can do, the things that, you know, the people I can meet, the places that I can see, the activities that I can do without, you know. You're, 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 you're going to get pulled over in every state and the cop's going to be like, nope, you've got to go quarantine for 14 days. I don't care if you're just hitting a rest area. Thanks, Charlie Baker. No, it's... I was actually... So I was actually looking... My, my Apparently my trip to... Apparently... Don't let anybody know this. My trip to Camden, Maine today, illegal. No, it's not illegal. Against code. Against, against code. regulations. There you go. It's against regulation. I, I, I peed surreptitiously in a bathroom in Maine. So what? What it would have been? It would have been better if you just went on the highway and peed in the in the, in the woods. Or, or honestly, the invention that needs to happen is just. Is just, you know, a catheter. Each vehicle should have a catheter. Just hook it up, let it go. They uh, now seriously, just just go like a bear. Bears do it, and there's social distancing. And so, what is yeah. what was what is Maine's regulations that you did not follow? Um, so you, they were only allowing people from certain states, and they don't allow people from Massachusetts. And if you're going up, you have to like quarantine for 14 it was it was like or you needed to have a you needed to have a recent test that showed you negative or you had to quarantine for 14 days you know i'm just like um yeah there's nothing on the sign driving into the state saying i can't go so yeah we're going i mean i was in and out in in a heartbeat yeah well I'm, well, what about remaining inside the car? Like, I don't know. You were dropping someone off. 
It's not like you were. You are essential personnel. Socializing. Yeah. Is there anything for essential personnel? Like a different code? Nothing. It doesn't say anything on the state's website, but the state's website is also a bit. Um, because here's my question. It's a bit is the, pers- is the Is the client that you were driving, did they break code as well? So from what I understand is the people that, that the person that I was driving, they had to do a test beforehand. Hmm. So they, they were tested in quarantine before they went up. Well, I don't think it has to be both. It's just tested or quarantined, correct? It's like if you can't, if you can't quarantine for 14 days and you get tested. And then you can say, hey, I was just tested. I'm good. See, that's the problem is every state is different. See, you're going to drive to Georgia. How many states are you going to go through on the way down there? So I will be going through Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, <laughs> Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. And then on the way back, uh, I will hit Delaware and New Jersey in addition to the states that I mentioned prior. So have you checked every one of those states to make sure that you can travel through them as a Massachusetts resident? Mm, maybe. <laughs> also known as... Maybe not. <laughs> These are things that states can recommend, but I don't think there's anything that can say, you know, we will absolutely reject you. You cannot come into the state. We will not allow you. I don't think they can do that. But I think they're asking for you to do these things. Because because the day after I come back from that Atlanta trip, um, friends of ours are still renting the cottage or renting the beach home in York. So I was going to go up, and I actually was going to try to figure out where I could get tested um, before I went up uh, to York. But honestly, if you're talking about driving a client up there, driving straight back, and if you're wearing a mask while you're running into Cumberland Farms, uh, you know, really, what are you going to be able to do? There's, ver- right. there's very little that is, you know, it's not like you're contaminating the world here, especially in Maine. I mean, Maine is so spread out. It's so, so sparsely populated. Yeah. Well, it's like anything else, too. Most of the regulations, they're like feel-good regulations. They're, t- they're to make people feel like something's being done some decisions are being made but it takes people actually following them i mean i was in a gas station a week or two ago and somebody was in there without a mask and the woman behind the counter's like oh you don't need a mask in here and it's like okay but it is a private it's a regulation per each location it's not a regulation but it's not a law by the state yeah but i washed my hand i sanitized my hands after that visit well i do that all the time that's, as much as that's the thing I was talking to talking to someone today like, and washed, they were saying sanitized showered yeah but I was talking to someone today about all the steps that they've taken to make sure that they really upped their their sanitation that's not the right word mm-hmm. but they're you know and and so I you know I was kind of explaining all the things that I would do as a total germaphobe <laughs> before the lockdown it's kind of nice because I haven't had to really change much of what I do. Um, although I just make sure I don't, t- you know, if I'm touching any common surfaces and either I'm washing my hands right afterwards or I, you know, use a hand sanitizer, but you should see me with my gloves. I have the whole, the whole song and dance with my, 
with my gloves, when I take them off, when I don't, how do I pay, what do I touch, what do I not touch? You know, it would really be nice if NFC payments were signature-less because it's great that you can make NFC payments, but then they require a signature and you kind of go, okay, do I have to carry my own stylus with me everywhere I go? Maybe I should just start doing that, you know. But even then, where do I put the tip of the stylus is, you know, it's touching the screen that someone else's, I don't know, maybe touch. Well, can't you just wipe down the surface afterwards? Yeah. Now, usually if I have to touch if if I have to touch anything like that, I'll just you know, give a little slather of hand sanitizer when I get in the car. Yeah. Which is frustrating because I despise hand sanitizer. I appreciate it and I use it, but I only use it as an absolute last resort. If I can wash my hands, that trumps everything. Yeah. I, I much prefer soap and water. Yeah. And I hate you know, my brain can't get over the thought that, "Oh, hey, now, obviously, there's bacteria everywhere. There's germs everywhere. Whether alive or dead, you know, that's the thing. It's You use hand sanitizer. And say, hey, you have these dead germs on your hands, but they're someone else's germs. But they're dead, so they won't do anything. But I still hate the fact that I have someone else's dead germs on me. I don't like that. Andrew is busy reading regulations of the road for coronavirus travel restriction things. I was trying to find the device that you were speaking of that actually used to exist. I saw it on an advertisement. It's not for automotive, though. It's for the motorcyclist. I can't find the ad, though. I don't think it exists anymore. But they used to sell this thing called the Easy Leaker. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was a little sort of... Condom shaped device with a catheter, and you ran it down your pant leg and out past your boot. Don't put it out with your boot, Ted! (laughs) And you just let it spray. If you ever see any spray coming out from past a motorcyclist, change lanes if you can. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, hey, it's better than seeing apple juice bottles all over the side of the interstate. Mm. How old were you, Andrew? It's How a- old were you, Andrew, when you realized that they were not apple juice bottles laying on the side of the interstate? Um, thirty-four. Far, far older than I should have been to realize <laughs> that people. I, I understood that people peed in bottles, but then the fact that people just like chuck the bottles out to sit on the road and turn into warm stanky bottles of pee just never even entered my mind that that would be the standard operating procedure for someone you know at least at least give us someone the courtesy of maybe either leaving the cap slightly askew or maybe poking a hole at the top just so it can evaporate out over time instead oh, of yeah. some, instead of some poor poor slob highwayman that's being paid actually i don't know knowing that if it's a state job it might actually pay very very well but someone, you know, picking up trash, going, oh, hey, there's another bottle that we have to discard, and picking it up with their yeah. little claw Dis- thing. Disgusting. Oh, it's so bad. Well, I mean, the, the other option is you could stack them in your car like a little six-pack, and then it'd be like a dumb and dumber situation. <laughs> Sip it back at a little take, bit of grip. Taking a little pa- hit of the grandpappy's cop medicine, are you? 
Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I maybe what skewed your 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 thought on this, Andrew, was the fact that when we would take those long cross country trips, and it would be you and me in the back seat, and mom and dad would be up front, and dad did not want to stop, so mom would get out the pee bottle and she would steer while dad would just kind of straighten up in the chair and just boop, into the bottle, and and I'd be in the back seat going, that bottle will never be used for anything but. If I see that thing for any sort of storage device in the future, I will disown all of you and leave this family and hitchhike home if I have to. No, I didn't say that, but I would. I was totally schemed out. Like I, I actually kept an eye out for that bottle later. I said I never want to see this bottle again. That was that was somewhere in I think either Nebraska or Oklahoma. I want to say Oklahoma because we I would always go to Nebraska on the way out, but we would take the southern route on the way back. So I would guess Oklahoma. Yeah, just, I mean, you know, back then, too, there also weren't as many rest areas that really populated the highway quite a bit more recently. And it was, you know, unless you had your triptychs, it was hard to look up where things were. You know, you just either had to rely on the exit signs or, yeah, have maps that were, you know, had points of interest like that in them. The days before GPS. Well, the thing is, is actually, think about it. When we went in 2004, the three of us... That was very, very early GPS. I think so much so that we relied on it oh, yeah. to a degree, but I don't think we could rely on it as an absolute, oh, there's a gas station here, or there's a restaurant here. It says it, and we go, okay, it looks like there's something here, but it wasn't, you know, now you look on a phone, and you look at Google, and it says, oh, here's this. Oh, it's open till 9. You're fine. And if it, you know, if it's not, if it's wrong, it's very, very rare that it's wrong. So travel is completely yeah, different. Right. Well, and you, you, you had that new Cadillac at that time. So it was, a, it was an 04 CTSV. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Swanky, swanky little car. With a tiny back seat. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Not as tiny as your Sabaru that we drove to Buffalo, to Chicago. Well, <laughs> I can't believe the amount of time I spent in the back seat of that car. That, that Still trying to sleep in the... In the back of that thing was so a nightmare so how how anyway. long did you have that that cadillac before we took that trip i got it i i know exactly what it was may 27th memorial day weekend 2004 okay so you had it for three months three yeah just a little over three months before we left so so we were still figuring out the gps when we were oh god somewhere yes. i want to say nevada with the pooping arrow yes the little arrow would poop out <laughs> your 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 track and um i remember we were looking for an in and out i believe those are called cookies where was the in and out that we were like trying to find it oh, and then like it? it finally came up in the bakersfield search, it, was, like, it was in bakersfield miles california oh infuriating the, okay so so you have to understand the problem was is that the GPS only allowed you certain search parameters. So it was, you could look for fast food. And it would show you, I think, the closest 20 or 15, whatever it was, fast food mm-hmm. restaurants. And but so, it had no idea, like, it had no idea where you were going. It was just doing a circle around it was, your it was, position. It was strictly proximity-based. So whether, you know, whether there's 
there could be 15 restaurants that are 27 miles behind you and only five in front of you. And then just after those five, there's 3,800. It would only show you the five in front and the 15 behind if those were the absolute closest. So, right. I mean, nowadays, yeah, it's, I mean, goodness, actually, I just, it was funny. I just found out just a couple of weeks ago when I had the, when I had the Lincoln out, and I was driving using the navigation, which I never do, but because I was out in a spot that had no signal, I said, I'll only keep the navigation on just to kind of keep bearings. And when the gas got low, all of a sudden it started throwing gas stations all over my map. I said, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty slick. So, you know, and that's, you know, that's based on probably eight or nine year old technology now. But at that time... You know, I think GPS. I think GPS started to come out in cars at around 2000. I think uh, very, very, very rudimentary basic GPS started to come out about that time. So in 2004, they were still very, very new. So yeah, we kept we kept looking for in and out. We just kept refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> and the thing that drove us crazy was it never had an in and out in those closest whatever it was 10, 15, 20 restaurants. And it wasn't until we got about 30 miles outside of Bakersfield because it dropped, everything drops off the map. There's nothing out there <laughs> that all of a sudden it shows an in and out in Bakersfield. And it was like, what? What? Like, we wanted it so badly. And that was very unfortunate because. You were just using the wrong search parameters. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to wait until. Until. Because we ended up trying to go through Death Valley to get to Las Vegas. Failed. Um, we get into Las Vegas late. We, I remember, where did we eat? At the MGM? Whatever it was. It was pretty late. Yeah, it was, so we ate at the MGM, was, I believe. It was disgusting. And But then we got to hit In-N-Out the next day. I think that's what it was. When we left Las Vegas, we hit In-N-Out. So we finally got to... Oh, that was, that was maddening. Because it just would not pop up in our search, and that's the only thing we were looking for. But that was in 04. There was no Google Maps at that time. It was strictly what was on, you know, whatever map that you had of paper, and then whatever your GPS said. I have to say, since we we did LA, um, we had to like try in and out again, and uh, was a bit disappointed. I got to say, Hardee's is better. Well, here's the thing. Hardee's burgers can be pretty, pretty bomb. But usually it's yeah. usually it's because they're big and they're messy and they, they like, add cocaine to it. All the, I don't know what they do. All the proportions were right. In-N-Out was just, like, putting as many vegetables as possible and then the patty itself was meh. Well, then you need you get, and the fries were meh. Animal you style. You got too much gr- animal style. Animal there was style. too much green and red in the way of your brown. Then you just need to that. Well, here's the thing. I th- the fries were were cold, like they were terrible. Hmm. And which shouldn't be because they usually yeah. make them right when you order them. You know, they're they're just well, that may going be true, the but they were cold boom, when I got into them. The, into the into the grease and out they come. But I don't know. I have, I did, I have had a. And all the proportions were just perfect when I when I went to Hardee's. It still still had plenty of vegetables, but they were in proportion to my patty. I prefer Carl's so. Jr. Well, 
Either way, it's the same company. The pro- the problem the problem with Carl's Jr. Jr. slash Hardee's is if you eat a lot of it. <laughs> well, have, I'm have, not have asking to eat a lot of it when I, you have it once in a while. Well, here's the thing. I, I love their I think really the last good time burger. I ate there had their double steak mushroom burger, whatever it was, and it was amazing. And their burgers are amazing because they're very consistent. They're very hot and juicy. It's mm-hmm. it's not like Burger King. It's not like McDonald's. It's not well. And Wendy's is pretty good, although I don't know if it's I don't know if they have a high fat content in their burgers or what. But sometimes sometimes Wendy's is too much. But I do I do love a good Carl's Jr. Hardee's burger. I just I I for me the whole experience of In and Out. And I love the fact that I love eating there, even though I don't eat to excess usually. It's usually a double patty burger, fries, drink, I'm out the door, and I'm I'm very happy with it. It's it's hard to it's hard to have a bad in and out in and out experience. We managed. Yep, we did. <laughs> yeah, but it was also in Los Angeles. I mean, come on. They probably sabotaged it because they want you to go to a you know, eat it their, was also in Los tacos. Angeles. That, it's a West. It's a West Coast we chain. We weren't there. <laughs> yeah, but it's Los Angeles. So, Los Angeles is good for like boutique food. You know, truck food. Okay, you know, uh, food truck stuffs, specialty stuff. We had tacos. What's the best tacos? Yes. What's the best meal that we had in LA, hon? Tacos. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? All the tacos we had. Oh. All the tacos. Tacos followed by tacos and more tacos. Yeah, where were the best tacos? Dun, dun, oh, come dun. on. I'm sorry. You, you're, you're thinking of something specific, and I can't read your mind. She's so adorable when she starts to get tired. <laughs> it was that, it was that, it was that, um, the taco truck that, that Shrek oh, and Sabrina took Oh, you're of the taco to. truck. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't that amazing? Okay, so what were the tacos you had out of the taco truck? Um, she's got to look it up now. And I'll I'll say some of the best tacos I've ever had in my life were off a taco truck in Austin, Texas. So, which I knew, I mean, because Austin, Texas, well, LA and Austin kind of battle for who's got the best food truck scene. Although Austin's pretty cool because you have these little food truck cities all over the place, so you just go and it's kind of this little park, and you have all these food trucks that are parked in a big semicircle, and you just pick whatever one you want and it's amazing and i ended up it was the last night i was in austin because i went there for a wedding and i had friends that had moved down there and and so they weren't part of the wedding weekend so that last night i was there i met up with them we went to uh the oasis which overlooks lake travis and austin gorgeous place if you ever want a great sunset that's a place to be um but then later i said i still have not been to a food truck because the entire week was just wedding you know i was in the wedding it was just wedding festivities so we did a food truck at about 11 o'clock that night and that was the worst it was 11 o'clock that night i think i got back to the hotel at about 12 30 in the morning and i had to be up at four for a 6 30 flight which i almost missed but the tacos oh so good and they had they had the uh the Mexican Coke there too. Oh, oh, Mexican Coke, so, so good, so so good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's what's up. 
So, so what he's thinking of, uh, my taco that I had was buche, which is pork throat. Okay, you lost me. So, between the face and the torso is the throat. The thorax, maybe? Um, it's not the thorax. It's, 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 it's behind the thorax. It's been, like, cooked for a really, really long time, so it gets very, very tender. And it's amazing. All right, I'm not going to go crazy. It just sounds disgusting, but I do love pork belly. But that sounds disgusting. It was kind of like a barbecue-y kind of situation. Yeah. It was just sort of a mass of squishy meat. Mm. As opposed to when we were in D.C. and we had the tacos that had grasshoppers oh, yeah. in it. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, no, thank you. Which is like a... Which is like a, It's like a mass of legs. Yeah, no, thank you. They were crunchy and I, lime. I can and, imagine. And, oh, so good. Crunchy, yes. I always look for the, always look for the weirdest thing on the menu. It, 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 Something I've never had before. It was the weirdest thing because you're eating it and it's, it's like really bright and really lime tasting and it and they're fried. So. Oh yeah. It just kind of like deep fried is wonderful. Yeah, it's like you're eating little bits of fried meat, like a little bit of fried chicken or something like that. Except there's these tidy little legs. Poking out otherwise, <laughs> getting wedged between your teeth, oh. and um, they didn't get wedged. They didn't get wedged in your teeth. They got wedged in your teeth. Well, they didn't get wedged in my bit. teeth. Yeah, but. no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. It's very sustainable, the, high protein, low fat food. It's it's good for you. I had the barbacoa tacos at the at that first place okay. we went to. Bar- barbacoa is good. I, I agree. Really good. I, I'm I'm for that. That's the thing. That's why, the, why have grasshopper that's when you can just have beef? Well, that's that's face. That's face meat. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. You can make it sound as gross as you want. It's not gra- grasshopper gross. That was amazing. That was amazingly good. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm not going to eat like that on my trip. So... I, I always look for... St- something weird on the menu because and I've like never been disappointed because they don't put it on the menu unless they know what they're doing unless they don't know what they're doing I've never been disappointed I did like the alligator we had in Detroit which was the oh no no yes. no no it was Cleveland yeah. Cleveland which was the oddest place to get alligator oh well, wasn't it's in Cleveland it so you Detroit? know it's got to be fresh. no it's Cleveland oh, okay they're right on a lake I mean Come on. There's got to be alligators yeah, in there. Cle- Cleveland's known for its just massive alligators. <laughs> I will say Cleveland was... Uh, I, I spent I spent a week in Cleveland back in 98 at the Ford Taurus Owners SHO convention. And that was... Cleveland does get a bit of a bad rap. It's, it's actually... In places, it's quite a beautiful city. In places. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland! Hey, at least we're not Cincinnati. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by the Cleveland Tourism Board. Yeah, and, not Cincinnati. And they used to have quite the wild Grand Prix there too. Oh, oh on the airport yeah. there on the runway. When you'd have like a oh. when you'd have like a eight eight what eight lane wide racing line at, at some points, but then you had to like narrow down to one line to take the corner properly. There was some wild races. They, they would come out of that corner onto the runway and like you'd have eight cars side by each doing four wheel drifts like flat out 
skittering across the runway, just trying to like grab on, but also launch at the same time. That was the most, I, I could watch that track all day long. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. So I'm interested to see, I'm, I'm trying, I'm slowly, I know, I know approximately where I'm going to be staying each night. So my trip, my trip is about two and a half days down or part, parts of three days. I'll leave on a Wednesday, figure I'll get down to Atlanta on Friday afternoon uh, stay through Sunday and then Sunday at some point leave and then I'll spend Monday and Tuesday, you know, basically Sunday, Monday and part of Tuesday coming back. So I'm planning to take planning to take a lot of the Blue Ridge Parkway on the way down and then pretty much all coastline on the way back. I'm either going to drive to Savannah or Wilmington. Savannah would limit the time I could spend along the coast further up. Uh, so I might just go to Wilmington and then head north, but I want to, but I'll be driving, uh, through Cape Hatteras, uh, up through Virginia beach, take the Chesapeake Bay bridge tunnel and, uh, oh. yeah. And then the ferry across to Cape May in New Jersey. So pretty much all coast on the way back. So mountains way down coast on the way back. Nice. So, and very little interstate. Yeah. I think the only interstate I'll use is probably, you know, getting through New England and Pennsylvania on the way down and New England on the way back. Probably the only time I take the interstate. It's the way to do it. I mean, interstate's great to get where you want to go quickly. You know, we've done that. We've blitzed cross-country. Andrew and I have blitzed cross-country in two and a half days. I blitzed across country with my friend Ben in two and a half days. You know, that's because we needed to get to California. Because that was where the crux of either, you know, the the reason being there or the vacation time spent there was more important than the, you know, the drive out. But then there are times where you want the drive out and the drive back to be just as time consuming and interesting as the, the time you spend at your destination. So this is kind of one of those trips. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a nice break from the quarantine life I've been living for the past goodness four months almost seriously not done yet it's it's so it's what the ninth right now or the tenth and i think the twelfth was the last i think that it was march 12th was when everything started just really shutting down locking down you could you know you heard of people kind of saying okay we're out of here you know businesses are going to close down so almost four months pretty crazy so i'm looking forward to it now i'm actually gonna i'm interested to see what a trip like this will be like you know how many people because that's the thing you go to parks you go to you know places where hey people have time so let's get out of the house let's go for a hike let's go for a you know a drive and it's man you go to some of these parks some of these little areas and they're totally overrun so i'm interested to see what the the blue because the blue ridge parkway won't have the as many vacationers i would imagine but it might have more locals getting away for parts of a couple of days yeah yeah it's people are clamoring for anything to get out of the house yeah and to do anything and especially if it's anything that's like hiking or mountain biking or anything like that yeah not congregating at a beach with a billion other people yeah well, it was like our like our bike ride on monday that trail was full of peeps. Yeah, it was pretty busy, especially when we went through Westford, because they got that pond there. Yeah. It was packed through that section. 
That was nice. But otherwise, it was easy enough to stay separate from people. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh. It'll be interesting. It is interesting. It'll be interesting to see how long we have to stay like this. Do you have your your lodging down in the Atlanta area squared away? I do. I do. And I'll be out in Douglasville. So it's about 20 miles west of downtown. Which unfortunately has seen a lot of craziness lately. So, you know. It'll be it'll be out of the city, so I don't think it's I don't think there's any any concern about any unrest there. So I've got that. I've got uh, and I've got a room in Staunton, Virginia, for the first night. So I still have to book the second night room, and then I have to book the two nights room on the way back. But I do have my I don't have my ferry to Cape May booked yet. But I do have the ferry from uh, Cedar Island to Ocracoke. That is such a cool Ocracoke. name. Ocracoke. Ocracoke. It's like, hey, we're in North Carolina. What are the two things that North Carolina is known for? Okra and Coke. Let's just name it all together. <laughs> just mush just it in put together. Put it together. Yeah. Yeah. In how, one bottle. How, how long are those ferry rides? So the it's, I think... It, I know the time is about two and a quarter hours to get to Ocracoke from Cedar Island. And then there's another ferry that gets you off of Ocracoke Island because it's only about it's about a 12 mile long stretch of the outer banks there. And so but the ferry, they have a number of ferries that take you from Hatteras into Ocracoke every day and they're free. So it's I forget how many per day, but I want to say it's something like 15, 20 per day, whatever it is. So I think it's usually about two an hour or every 45 minutes. And it's free on that side. And But it costs, it's $15 to take the long run. So so two and a quarter hours. And then the, the one from Ocracoke to Hatteras is about, I think it says 50 minutes. And it's free. So not too bad. Uh, the ferry I took to Cape May back in 2002, which man, that feels like, that feels like yesterday. I had the Honda Accord then. That was pre pre caddy, and I oh goodness, and I and I did I actually did a, a, a slightly not really the same trip. Um, back then, we had friends that had moved out in the Pittsburgh area, and I went to visit them for a few days, and then what I did is I rolled a road trip into that. So I left I left the Pittsburgh area, and I actually drove towards northern Georgia straight south. Which was cool because you're coming from a different angle. I think, you know, New Englanders, you have to come, you have to drive in a southwest direction. So you're kind of limited in the, the ways that you would go unless you really want to go off the beaten path. But coming due south from Pittsburgh was fun. Because there was a whole bunch of roads through West Virginia and down into the, the western Carolinas that, you know, haven't seen before and probably won't come across unless I take time to go explore. But yeah, I, I went from Pittsburgh down towards Georgia. I remember getting down. I drove. I drove through Clemson, through the college town and wherever Clemson is, whatever town that is, into Georgia, and then I went due east. And then I didn't go all the way to the coast, but I drove up. I got to the coast over by Virginia Beach. I got off the interstate and went towards. So I remember staying a night in Rocky Hill, North Carolina, and then up. 
Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel is what, 27 miles or whatever it is of it alternates between tunnel and bridge so that ships can cross, uh, make it into the Chesapeake Bay. But that was, uh, I drove that and it was a really rainy day, not very pleasant. You couldn't see that far. You couldn't see more than maybe four or five miles. So you're driving on this bridge and it goes into a tunnel section and you can't see it go into a tunnel section. So it just looks like this bridge is going to dip you into the water. So you're driving and you're thinking, am I in a nightmare that I'm actually driving this bridge that just takes me into the water? And I drown? And, it's, and then as you get close, you, things start to clear up and you actually see it. That time that I drove it in a rainstorm was actually and was pretty pretty sketchy for me that was not it was kind of exciting but also a bit nerve-wracking so to me it was to me it was quite quite crazy so i'm looking forward to driving that the ferry across cape may that should be fun and plenty of wawa maybe Yay. maybe even some sheets thrown in <laughs> Maybe you'll find a, a new gas station to hit. And you'll tell us all about it. What do you mean by hit? <laughs> you gonna you gonna, you gonna run it off the road or something? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, it'll be fine. It, it is it is interesting when you go on a road trip because you you just sort of you plan things, but then it's the things that stick out at you that you never really plan for. That, that kind of take you by surprise that become the memorable parts of it. Yeah, like a state trooper stopping you in Florida and basically dissecting oh. your car and leaving you on the side of the interstate alone. Tearing the car apart and then still giving us the ticket was just... That guy was... Get, panhandle of Florida, cops! Yeah. Well, this is a... This is a, a normal drug route. You know, a drug runner route from L.A. to... Now, granted, we were from Massachusetts, driving from LA to Miami, so I don't mind him. I don't mind him questioning us, which is also why. Can I take a look in your car? We said, "Hey, you know, he's stopped us for speeding, which we weren't even going that fast." And it's you know, so we're thinking, yeah, let's let him take a look, and maybe he won't give us a ticket. And instead, he totally dissects the car. And when I say dissect, he actually opened up the hood. Went into... So Andrew had his Nissan Altima at the time. He actually lifted the air box, went rummaging under the air filter to look for contraband. Opened our trunk, and we had a two and a half week trip where we packed everything. We even brought our golf clubs. I don't know why we didn't even golf on the trip, but... You you had to explain the limited slip differential... That you had bought in L.A. for your SHO that was in a box. Yeah. Well, that was that was yeah that was the time where I was I still had my SHO. I was modifying it. I was poor, which is pretty much anyone that's ever modified an SHO. They're usually poor, and we happened to go to one of the premier and I put that in quotation fingers. Uh, one of the premier shops that specialize in Taurus SHOs at the time. And uh, one of the items that had been developed for our car or for that transmission was a Quaif limited slip differential. It was not widely available. Uh, this shop was one of maybe two or three that actually would stock them or would 
order them. And there were only a handful of cars in the entire country that were running around with these. It just so happened to be on that trip, I had stashed enough cash for the trip, and I had enough cash to put down on this differential, which was pretty dumb. <laughs> it was, I, I forget, I, I don't know if it was, I think it was a $1,300 differential that he was going to sell to me for 1100 because I was there. Oh, God. And so I said, oh, that would be, because it actually transformed how the car drove. So I don't, you know, the purchase itself was actually probably one of the best purchases I've made on the car. However, it was in the middle of a road trip, and I was using my my kitty for for this. So, <laughs> so, so we got the limited slip differential, and I'm all excited. And now we're driving back across country, and so the the state trooper's there, and he's so like, "Can I look at the trunk?" And we've got the trunk packed with luggage, packed with golf clubs, packed with a Quaif limited slip differential. Why did we have golf clubs on that trip? Because we had just started. I had just got my golf clubs. So you want to talk about my money situation. I had... My credit was so bad I could not buy a new car. Which I think was part of the reason why I actually had money. Because I couldn't get a car. So I said, hey, I might as well go out and buy some golf clubs. I've always wanted to learn to play golf. and So I went out and dropped, I think, like... I don't know. A few hundred dollars, maybe even close to a thousand dollars on these golf clubs. And you had gotten no you wonder had, you were you had poor. golfed. I think we were golfing with some friends. We actually got our very, 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 very untalented group of friends that were we we were all equal levels of suck in golfing, which was nice. That's that's really I think all you really want to do when you're playing golf is to have three other people that play with you that are equally bad. So 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 here's here's the thing, James. You spent Somewhere in the vicinity of a thousand dollars on a set of golf clubs. Yes, I think I think I spent either twenty five or fifty dollars on a set of used garbage golf clubs. Yes, we both stunk. Yeah, but I looked good doing it. <laughs> I looked classic doing it. No, you look like trash doing it. I had my yeah. I did. Lo- I I did look rather ghetto with that. Like it was like that burgundy canvas bag uh, that was just coming apart. But yeah, no. I mean, I was. I was. I mean, do you still play golf? No, because we we went to a pitch and putt a few years back, quite a few years back, and whoever I don't remember who was driving. Someone in our posse has my putter. Pitching wedge, nine iron, eight iron. I don't have those, uh, but wow. I but I haven't golfed in. Well, actually, that's like that's like four hundred dollars of clubs floating yeah. around. Yeah, and and those and those were Cleveland. So Cleveland's were actually at that time in the in the two thousands. There they were like Cleveland the Rocks. club of choice for wedges and yeah, pretty much wedges and in irons. They were the club of choice, but um. Yeah, so the state troopers got our car absolutely torn apart. He sees the Quaif differential, and he and he immediately knows what it is. And so he's a car guy, and he goes, "Oh, what is this for?" And so you know, explaining what you know, I said, "Oh, when we were in L.A., it's you know, explain the shop, explain what kind of car I had. It's front wheel drive, so a limited slip will be a huge, huge benefit uh, for a car, the for a front wheel drive car." And so uh, he was talking about the car that he had, and. 
you know, was treating us really nicely. And I'm thinking, oh, hey, you know, great. He'll check the car. He won't find anything and he'll let us go. But he continued and he just, he tore that car apart. Even though he was nice and friendly, he tore it apart. And then when he was done, he proceeds to write us a ticket and then leave us. And we had so much of the car torn apart. It took us, what, Andrew, a solid 20 minutes to put to pack that car back up. And Oh, yeah, we ended up just shoving half of it in the back seat because there was just nowhere to put and it. And there we are on the side of Interstate 10 with tractor trailers and things blasting by us. We're five feet off the road trying to put this car back together. He, You know, if he at least just sat in his car and said, all right, guys, here's your ticket. I'll stay here and wait while you put the car back together. It wouldn't have felt so bad. But just left us, you know, he's so concerned about drugs and speeding. But he's not concerned about leaving two people on the side of a busy interstate trying to pack a car back together. Just, I, I seriously think it was like some sort of anti-Yankee, Smokey and the Bandit kind of thing going well, on. Well, I, I would be shocked if it wasn't. I'd be <laughs> absolutely shocked if it wasn't. But that was still a great trip. Why, you scumbum. <laughs> He didn't really say scumbum, did he? <laughs> no, nah, that's just the the better dubbing that you get from basic cable. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing better than a very cheesily done uh, uh, TV edit dubbing. Are you bringing your golf clubs? No, I'm not bringing my incomplete set of golf clubs. You should get some four hundred dollar golf clubs to complete your set again. No, I just want, I honestly, I just want to find where they went because they couldn't have, that's the thing, they couldn't have. Have, have, you, have you checked Mom and Dad's basement? Yes, they're not there. Oh, I tore it apart. Are you sure? I looked for any, any sort of club looking thing. It's not down there. I wonder if I have them in my basement. That would be funny. I asked you years ago and you said no. Yeah, but I often just say that to put you off oh, the scent. If you have those. <laughs> I don't know, you're, you're, you're now in a position where you're kind of, you're screwed either way. Because if you do have should them, I... I'm going to kill you. If you don't have them, no, nah, I guess I won't kill you. Should, should Here, you and Leslie talk for five minutes. I'm just going to check the basement real quick just to make sure that they're not there. <laughs> He's actually going during the podcast to go check, check for these things. Actually, Leslie, it was all your fault. That's why, that's why we don't golf anymore. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, it was... It, well, let's see. You guys got married in 2002, and right. and it was 2000 because Andrew got his Altima. While Andrew's gone, I'll I'll talk about the buying process of the car. That Andrew almost bought a Subaru Impreza at a dealer in Wilmington, which is now out of business oh, because yeah. they were awful human beings. And a few days later, he goes to the Nissan dealer in Nashua. I think that was Peter's Nissan. Buys a, a Nissan Altima. Nice car. Mm-hmm. Great buying experience. And so much of a great buying experience. The actual car salesman, who was a young guy, um, my dad was so impressed that the next week, he went out and bought a Nissan Altima as well. Same model, different color, but same car. Anyway, so it was such a good buying experience that... I had saved up some money. I had been I had been in debt. I had bad I had bad credit. Um, yeah, buying golf clubs and all. Well, no, 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 no. So I had actually <laughs> saved up 
quite a bit of money. I think I had okay. I think I had around three thousand dollars. So I okay. mean, not a lot, but certainly enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, if someone comes walking in a dealer and say, "Hey, I could put three thousand dollars down on a car," they go, "Oh, okay. Well, that's." It shows that you're serious. It shows that you know, hey, we should try to make this work for this person. And so, Andrew, Dad had such a great buying experience, and I go in, and so now I'm looking, and, and the new Nissan Maxima had just come out, and so I was excited. I'm like, oh, I would love to get a Maxima. You can get it. You get a manual shift. I could replace the SHO, and so yep. I applied. I applied to get the car. Never even got a call back because I know. <laughs> credit was so bad oh so that's why i actually took some of that money that i had and i said well i can't buy a car and i've been saving up to try to get a car if my credit's garbage you know we were we we're you know that like i said it was something that i've always wanted to do i love golf you know had done pitch and putts had done mini golf you know i just i love i could watch golf all day long i'm one of those people that could actually sit down watch golf and enjoy it i really do like it so it was, hey, you know, I've got this money. I've never, I've never golfed. Why don't? And so I bought the clubs, and I got, and actually I got a package of lessons to go along with it. So I okay. bought the clubs and I got lessons. So that's what I did with the. I think it was, yeah, I think it was like a thousand dollars with the clubs and the lessons rolled in. So at the old, at the old defunct Wayland Golf Shop that was there, and that's where actually I took my lessons. So. Mm-hmm. That was in Andrew. When did you get your car? And was that March of two thousand? Uh, you actually did take lessons. Yeah. The pro- wow. the problem was I paid for five. You overpaid. I paid for five, but the the instructor was only able to do it between nine to five. So I was so busy with work. I think I only took three of the five lessons, and I just I could never make the time to go back. So I just I just never went back for the last two. So you're talking about getting a car, and I remember. So it wasn't that year, but it was the next year that you were able to get a car, and you got the 2001 Accord. When did when did you buy the Accord? Yes, 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 yes. So that it was that it was a 2001, and I got that. And actually, I seem to get I seem to buy my cars around holidays. So Memorial Day 04 for the for the first Cadillac CTSV, Halloween of 2000. Okay, that's when I got so. The 2001 Honda Accord. They had just, they had only been out for I think a few weeks at the dealer. That was the most surreal purchasing experience. <laughs> so, so to set the stage, James, myself, and our friend Mike Olson, we were out that morning. It was a Saturday, and so we were all wearing suits, and we decided, hey, James wanted to look at this Accord. Let's go check out this Accord. We were still wearing, you yeah, know, so, suit and tie. So, and, and we, and well, the thing was, and, and I actually had made an appointment with the dealer. I didn't really want to do an appointment thing, but you know, I, I don't know. They they said, oh, come on in, and you know, well, and it makes it makes sense. It's a Saturday. They probably have to keep things moving because yeah. Saturday's a busy day for them. So we got three three of us, three of us young. Young whippersnappers rolling into this car dealership wearing suits. Yeah, you two, you two would have been twenty, or just yeah. tur- no. You, I think you would just yeah, you would just turn twenty one. Mike would have been twenty because it was the end yep. of October of two thousand. Yeah, and you would have been then twenty seven. Twenty seven. So they're like, you're like, oh, we're here for the appointment. You know, I have an appointment for at this time or whatever for so and so. They're like, oh, great, we've been waiting for you. Come on in. And it's like. 
Okay, this is strange. Yeah, they're like really happy us... to see us for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. So they take us into this conference room in the back of the dealership, and they seat us all down at a table, and the guy starts talking to us. We're talking about how nice the day is and everything. And he goes, oh, hang on. Let me let me introduce you to Terry. Terry's in, 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 in service. Or right, let's... You need to you need to see Sherry. She's in she's in parts and and then our our finance team and it's like okay. We just we just want to look at a car, but okay, sure. We'll meet everybody in the dealership. It, it they introduce so us weird. to everyone. And then and then the turn comes. And the guy goes, "So, could you start working for us on Monday?" <laughs> and I'm like, Nope, I'm going to be at my own job on Monday. What are we doing here? And he had mistaken us for people who came in for a job interview to work there instead of buying a car. Because people who buy cars don't come in wearing suit and ties because it's not the 1950s anymore. (laughs) That was so... I know, we were just looking at each other like, what is going on? Why why are we getting introduced to the secretary? (laughs) I don't understand... This is the strangest dealership I've ever been to. <laughs> see, that's see, that's where we made the mistake. We should have all signed on, gotten an employee discount on the car, and then quit the next day. <laughs> nice, I'd have done that. But yeah, but it, but it was it, but in those six months or so, six or seven months from March, because you bought you, you bought the Ultima in March, right? Yeah, yeah. March Madness sale. I remember that. Ah, that's right. And so yeah, by the end of October, mid mid end of October. You know, it was at least the credit had gotten good enough where I could actually go purchase the car, and that was a nice car. That Accord was uh, I got an, uh, a 2001 Honda Accord Coupe EX-L, which was their EX was their uh, their kind of their more their entry level line. But if you got the L, it came with leather seating, and usually meant that you had most of the options or a, g- a good amount of options. So it was a coupe. Sharp little car, moonroof, stick shift, and it was dead even on speed to your to your Altima. I remember we'd be out on the highway trying to see who was faster, and we it'd just be like we'd be looking at each other, like no one's pulling away. You know, two four cylinder five speeds going <laughs> at it. It was a. It was all. It, it was. On the- it was almost as if it was a modified Lancia Stratos versus a modified Audi TT on Gran Turismo too. There you go. But it's funny because your car had a front strut suspension. Mine had a front multi-link, which kind of continued on because then you went to the Sabaru, which had a front strut suspension. And I went to the V, which had a double wishbone. Now I'm stuck with the front struts. They're blowing out again. But yeah, that was that was a good time. Yeah, 2000 was an interesting year. You got a new car. I got a new car. We did a cross-country trip. I got golf clubs. Got a mirror, sh- got a mirror sheared off in Wyoming. Uh, that'll be a story for another day. Um, got a new friend. Yeah. Yeah, she came along later that year. Yeah. But that was the thing. For those two years, um, 2000, 2001, into 2002, until you got married, we played, I mean, it's not like we played golf every day, but we played a, an okay amount. We went, we went quite a number of times, you, me, and... Mike and Mike, but once you got, yep, but once, you, but once you, two you got discovered married, my appalling golf skills. Yeah, but once you two got married, we didn't. I don't. I don't think we played again after you guys got married. Mm. 
So yeah, it was only a couple of years, which is blows my mind that that was that long ago. It really does. Everything blows my mind to how long ago it was. Twenty years ago. Yeah, I remember Le- Leslie and I had a discussion when we uh, when we bought the house. Um, yeah. We we were saying okay. You, do you remember that Harley Davidson commercial a number of years ago where the guy's like, Harley, dinette set, Harley, dinette set? We went with the dinette set. <laughs> yes. I'm like, all right, well, we need to have, like, a summer thing to do because summer always kind of slows down. So we were like, do we get a motorcycle or do we take up golfing? And we literally had that conversation. Yeah, I remember that. And we decided to go motorcycle, which I think was a good decision. I have not regretted it. That's good. Yeah. Golfing with a motorcycle, though, that would be interesting. You need somewhere to strap the bag Hmm. on that beast. Can you golf while on the motorcycle? It'd be like like playing polo. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we've discovered a new sport. No, I'm sure it's been done. I guarantee you it's been done. Now, now jousting with a motorcycle, now that might be more fun. And I'm sure that's been done. In fact, I, in fact, I guarantee if you, look up, if you look up on YouTube right now, jousting motorcycle, I guarantee you there are probably <laughs> dozens of videos of that on YouTube right now. <laughs> I can't imagine there not being. But, yeah, golf clubs, road trips, new cars. That's the thing. If you're a Pappas, it's usually new car, road trip. Or... Right. Or sometimes it's buy a new car that makes it part of your, or that is your road trip, which has been my last two cars. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's old car road trip. Mm. No, that's a disaster waiting to happen. How, how, how old? So, so we, had, we had done cross country when I was six years old. We had the celebrity. Yep. In 1986. Yep. And then... When did we go with the Silveras and we were pulling the trailer? 90. That was 90. I, so it was four years later. Because I had just, I had just gotten my license in February, and I was, you know, I was amazed that, well, not really amazed, but mom and dad actually had trusted because when we did that road trip in '90, our friends they had a Dodge Ram van with a 32 foot pull trailer, and we had the Chevy Celebrity pulling a pop up trailer. Of a, a pretty decent size, not even a not even really a small one. It was that was a good sized pop up trailer. Yeah, I got to drive. I had quite a quite my fair share of driving across country, and we got to to Reno on the way out to California. And they were doing major road grading, so they had actually they had actually torn up all the asphalt. They 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 were actually going down to the not even to the cement base, but down all the way down so that. They were basically reconstructing the road. I don't know if maybe they had a, 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 a landslide or a mudslide at some point that had really washed out the road. But we had, and it was the wife that was driving the Ram van with the pull trailer. And I've got the Chevy Celebrity with the pop-up. So of all the drivers, you have probably your two least experienced or the least confident drivers doing this. And we're on this interstate. We're on Interstate 80. And the entire left lane, and at this point we're going through Reno, so I think it was only a two-lane highway. The entire left lane had about a three-foot drop, and they used cones to mark the edge of your lane. So it was so you had your lane, which is normally what eleven feet wide, and these cones made it about 
it actually took probably about one to two feet away. So we're driving, and so we're trying to squeeze it into this narrow lane, a lane that's narrower than normal because they're using cones. Because if you go past those cones and you have a trailer, that trailer is going to completely, on a three-foot drop, completely flip over. And there's a pretty good chance that your car might get taken over as well. Van might get taken over as well. It was a... I remember being pretty white-knuckled. Of all the times I've been white-knuckled in my life, that was one of the high points. That was one of them. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was, in, that was in 1990 because our road trip for the yeah. summer of 91 was going to upper Minnesota for, for the family reunion on mom's side. And th- and that's the thing is that car had you know a hundred and probably one hundred twenty thousand miles when we took it in ninety probably another twenty thousand oh, on yeah, it after definitely. that. In fact, in ninety one yeah. going to Minnesota, ha- well, hauling a trailer. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we actually took two cars. We had the Celebrity and the Corsica. Dad had yeah. gotten the Corsica, and it was point. hauling a trailer all over creation. The cor- that, 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 that was great because actually on that road trip the Corsica was actually my car. It was like hey I need to use the car. It was like I didn't need to use the car. It was like that was the car that I drove. Bob and Dad had the Celebrity. I had the Corsica. I had I had cousin uh, well I think I had cousin Forrest with me and probably you, but like I had I think I think I had Kaiser. wait you were there. I think I had all all the kids were in the Corsica and it was cool because here I am at you know, just turned eighteen or not even eighteen yet, and yeah drinking drinking beer illegally. Hey, that was an accident. <laughs> Accidentally drinking beer illegally. <laughs> hey, the, that was the great thing. So. So on the way to Minnesota, we took the northern route above the Great Lakes, and we went through Ontario. Now, uh, probably a few months prior to that, I had been in Quebec with some friends. I had friends that lived in northern Vermont, and we went up to Montreal, and the drinking age is 18. So we're driving. So yeah, I was 18 at that point. And so we're driving into or through Ontario. We stopped for dinner. And we sit at a sit-down restaurant, and the waitress is looking. And so I order it. I'm like, hey, we're in Canada. I can order a beer. So I order a beer, not knowing that the drinking age in Ontario is 19. And my parents didn't know. And so the waitress looks at me like, what? And then she's looking. She's like, well, his parents are here, and they seem pretty nonchalant. So she's like, oh, he must be above 19. So she just gets me the beer. And it wasn't until on the drive back from Minnesota that we're driving across Sault Ste. Marie and they have the radio announcement saying, you will be entering Canada. Here are the rules and regulations for following in Canada. And it's, you have to be 18 to drink alcohol in Ontario. 19. Oh, 19, yes. And it was... Yeah, 18 is Quebec and everywhere else in Canada is 19. Yeah. And then I remember mom after that, because we had the CB radios and she goes, James, did you hear that? <laughs> Like, yes, Mom, I heard that. I'm sorry. Northern Minnesota in the summer, very fun place. Winter, eh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's... What's the name of the town that we went that's to? That's what the, the sound is for. Embarrass. Embarrass, Minnesota? Well, the, the, the sound makes it fun, though, right? I don't know. I've never been there in the wintertime. I've only ever been there in the summer. Been there twice in the summer. Never in the winter. I think there's reasons for that. Yeah, Embarrass, Minnesota has has gotten the acclaim of coldest place in the entire United States on multiple occasions. 
I think their record low temperature is either minus. I think it's minus fifty seven, minus fifty eight Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's 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 first one, then the other. <laughs> Good for someone that's not me. Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody. It is funny when you talk to people from other parts of the country, and they're like, "Oh, you live all the way up in Boston. It snows there all the time." And it's like, yeah, not well, not sometimes. all the time. Frequently, I mean, we get some heavy snows, but it's not. Usually, it's not like a continuous icy, endless death winter. Mm. Yeah, it usually ebbs and flows, and you'll get a heavy snowstorm, and then you'll get some warm days, and it'll melt, and yeah, it's yep. it's and then you shovel it out of the way. Not too bad. And then it snows again, and shovel it out of the way, and then it melts. The worst are people who live here yeah. that are like, "Can you believe this snow?" And it's like, um, "Yeah, it comes every year." And it, you, Believe it or not. And, and sometimes it doesn't. And that, to me, that's the worst, is when you have a winter that's actually very mild, very little snow, and then you'll have, mm-hmm. and you'll have one snowstorm that drops six or seven inches and people go nuts. And it's... Oh, yeah, that's the worst. And that's when you just side-eye them and you go, just get the heck out of here. Just, just move. <laughs> we, it, just move to Florida and be done with it. Yeah, you know, they say that New Englanders are hardy. And they might be, but they're they're vocal. They're they're very they are vocal. Not. Oh, they're always complaining, always complaining about the weather. Although I think part of that yeah, is, when I have some I to complain about is just the attitude from the from the weather people. <gasps> it has gotten horrible. It, it, it's the, the whole a like what, what? state of emergency. They, they call state of emergency for a foot of snow, and it's like yeah. a foot of snow used to be like plow it and go sledding we've, tomorrow. We've, we've right. had three foot storms that didn't create a state of emergency. Uh, it, it, it's 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 just it's really quite sad. It's quite pathetic that 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 it's pushing people towards like not having to care for themselves, not having to know how to negotiate I think a it's snowy the road. Not knowing how to, you know, what do you mean there's such a thing as snow tires? It's like, yeah, yeah, that's how you get around. Mm. Yeah. But just gotten too old. I mean, personally, I think it's, I I find it to be relatively easy to live in New England because, you know, yes, we get snow, but we're prepared. It's, you dress warm. Yep. Make sure you know either just for it. Yeah, you have an all-wheel and and people complain that the winter's like so long, but it's just as long as every other season. Yeah, it's not even that long. It's three months, exactly as long as every other season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you might see snow in November, you might see snow in April, but it's usually that December, right. January, February where you're getting most of it. Yeah. Yep. And yep. that's that's it. And personally, and, and we we'll, we might get eighty degrees in February. It, like there there can be. Yeah, we had that this year. Actually, actually, <laughs> was actually, that, that random like. thing. I, I don't I don't like it because for one thing we're not supposed to get it, and I, I mean yeah I can I can find some happiness and joy in you know being able to enjoy like beach weather when you know beach weather is supposed to be four months away. I mean, once in a while, that is okay. But the problem I have with that is all the people that go crazy on that day. It's 80. Oh, my God. We're going to go to the beach. And then the next week when it's 32. Oh, yeah. And, and they're all. 
sleeting sideways. They're all depressed and again. They're so miserable because they got their taste of summer. So now they're extra right. miserable. Ugh. I just it's like buy some gloves, buy some warm boots, put on a sweater, and quit complaining. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I enjoy. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to really bundle up, and that can be a little bit of a chore. But, you know, it's when you're when you're prepared for it, when you have the clothing, when you have a decent vehicle. It doesn't have to be amazing, even. It, put some snow tires on it, and you can go with pretty much any vehicle. I had that that second Cadillac CTSV I had. It was modified. I had somewhere in the you know somewhere in the range of about 625 630 horsepower with about an equal torque rating on that car and it had a super low front air dam that thing should have been a disaster in the snow and it would have been if I kept them on the summer tires but when I put snow, and, and what I did the first, I think, two or three winters I had it, I just wouldn't drive it. I didn't need to drive it. I have my work car, so I'm usually working when it's snowing anyway, so the car just sits in the garage. But the last winter I had it, I got a set of wheels and snow tires for it. That car could go just about anywhere, and it had way too much horsepower. It was, you know, that low front air dam makes it hard to get through snow because you're plowing more than you're going but you put a good set of snow tires on that car that was actually one of the funnest winters i ever had in a car because that thing had the power where i could if i wanted to i could turn everything off go do donuts i could i could i could have a i could have that car spinning in its own circle you know you didn't even need to have like these big wide donuts it would just sit there and spin (laughs) donuts are so much fun in the winter and it's great because you know, there's an you know there's the mall parking lot down the road. You go to the mall. They haven't plowed it yet. You just go out and you're just tearing around. And if a police and if a policeman sees you, he'll just look at you and he'll kind of laugh. I even ha- there was one time I had a policeman that was actually doing donuts in a parking lot with me. You know, you do donuts <laughs> in that same parking lot when it's 80 degrees in July. You are in the slammer so fast. It's if they're not arresting you. They're writing you a pretty huge ticket. See, that's what I like about the winter. It's like you, there are things that you can do to enjoy the winter. I enjoy, and I actually enjoy. I don't drive. I don't don't enjoy driving around other people. You know, it does make me nervous because I don't know who the person next to me. I don't know how experienced they are on the snow. They might not be that good. They might be an overconfident buffoon who's like, "Oh, I got a big SUV. I can do whatever I want." So there are things that you have to be careful of, but. Yeah, right. me alone. Yeah, the other people are absolute morons. Yeah, but me alone on the road on a snowy road. Hey, um, that's you know I love I love getting the back end out a little bit, seeing what and that's the thing I can see what the car can do. I'm comfortable with getting the car out, getting it loose. I love that. You know, I uh, love the roads around where we are in the winter time when they're because compl- we have a lot of trees where we are. And when they're covered in snow, it's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. There's, it's just magical yep. um, driving around in the, in the wintertime. It's, that's, and that's a photographer's dream. The wintertime makes for some of the most spectacular snapshots that you'll ever see. And, and I, I, love, I love getting out after a storm. I love snow blowing. Just the, the satisfaction of seeing like this snow cover... And then you just carve this swath, and it's nice and neat, and 
you know. I, I would snow blow ten times before I would mow my lawn. Mowing my lawn is like such an arduous task, and snow blowing is just like deedly flinging the white stuff all over the place. Yeah, and you get to throw it. It's great. Yeah. You know, you see, you, you yeah, see if you see your dog looking out the window, you can turn you can turn the barrel towards him and just blah. Well, I know your window's broken, so that would probably be a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> no, the 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 thing that I always end up there having might be a to rock do, in there. <laughs> living on a, living on a dead end street, the the snow plow will just like will wait until they plow the street for me to snow blow because there's no point doing it first mm. and then having to clean it up again. And the plow will come up and down. The, it's like basically one track wide by the time he's done. And so after I snow blow out the driveway and the walkways and everything, I end up going down to the street and snow blowing about another six feet of width out of the street so that we can get two cars by each other <laughs> in the middle of winter. Hooray, two it, cars wide. It's it, great. It, it's like, okay, dude, you have a plow. Off just a little bit more. Come on, please. Right, just we, something. We're not supposed to be complaining about the snow and the bad parts about the snow because that's going to get people going oh they're complaining about the snow so let's just talk about the good parts because actually so i get to i get to snow so so he I, does something for his neighbors he's he's like like a good neighbor here yeah i'll usually <laughs> are like fix are, are you wearing khakis <laughs> well and sometimes i'll hit the ends of the driveways of people if they haven't gotten out yet to dig out i'll just kind of Take the snowblower. Yeah. And I used to do that for my neighbor Walter. Unfortunately, he passed away a few weeks ago. But yeah, I would oh. just I would just take the snowblower. Oh. And since I was already going up my sidewalk, and I live in a neighborhood that's pretty old, and so some of the homes actually mm-hmm. still don't even have driveways. Uh, so Walter kind of made his own driveway by just driving. His kind of drove a path, and it just over the years. Uh huh. But it creates these like these two deep troughs, these tire tire troughs, but. Right, but I would just you know it, I knew he didn't have a snowblower, so I just would take. I mean, that's the thing. It took, it took, two to three minutes to run the snowblower across, you know, up his sidewalk, to the neighbor to the next neighbor's sidewalk, and then I would just turn around and come back, and it was just so easy to do. So, in fact, I got in the habit of not just plowing the sidewalk, and the driveway. But I would actually go from the street and I would plow all of, not just the sidewalk, but I would plow from the street to the sidewalk and another couple of feet. So that, like, we had some pretty massive storms that would drop two, three feet of snow. And I would and I would always do that. Every storm for the winter, I would plow all the way from the street across, you know, the, the patch of land to the sidewalk and keep going another couple of feet. And then when you would start to get some snow melt, it would melt and it would expose the grass so I had these big green swaths that would line my property because I'm on a corner lot. So I'd have both the corner mm-hmm. street and the front of the, the house that I, you know, that I live in. And it, would, it was great because you'd have all the snow all over the neighborhood. And there were these huge open patches where my neighbors – and I told my neighbors, I said, hey, if, you need to move, if you're moving your cars around, if you, need to, if you have someone stopping by and you don't have the space, they can park on the front. Go for it. And uh, it just – does it takes so little time to do you know i mean in comparison it was you know i like that i like i like snow blowing i like you know hitting I, people with snowballs we, that's that's always a lot of fun <laughs> yes <laughs> we we had one time it had snowed and then it rained so i remember i was getting out there to just kind of clear as much as i could before oh, yeah. the snow got waterlogged ice i hate and yeah. and the 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 middle of the road 
had kind of iced over a bit, but it was also really, really wet on top of the ice. And I was, I was like dog sledding my snowblower up and down the street. I could just keep my feet steady on the ice and just crank the snowblower at top speed. And it was dragging me like I was <laughs> being pulled by a dog sled. And I'm just like up the street, down the street, up. I was just absolutely enamored with the absolute perfect lack of mew for the street surface. <laughs> the coefficient of mew when the winter... was small. When the winter is, like, really, really cold, then there's actually snow. But when it's, like, really warm, like this past winter yeah. was, all you get is ice. And I hate ice because uh, gravity is not my friend. Mm -hmm. So I fell down, like, a lot this year. Yeah. So, and, that, and, that's, um, and that's, I think that's another reason yeah. why we, that's another reason why I like New England is it's rare that we get, a lot of ice storms. It's usually snowstorms. Yeah, yeah. And and I'll will take. I always say I'll take I'll take two feet of snow over a half inch of ice any day. Makes all the difference. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. The thing to do is you go up to Canada during Winter Festival, and then that way you come back home and it's like it's oh, not even is, that. This it's not even that cold. Nothing. Yep. Yeah. And I, I made the mistake about three years ago. So. One of the times that I drove cross country, I drove with my friend Ben because he was moving to California, and so I went to visit him. And it was right at, right between Christmas and New Year's. I flew out on Christmas Day, and it was bitterly cold when I flew out. And you guys, mm -hmm. I think I think we had quite the storm up here. But since I flew out of New York, we didn't get any snow. But it was about I think 15 inches of snow in Boston, as opposed to, okay. to nothing in New York. Um, so I was able to get out. If I was trying to fly out of Boston, I don't think I would have made it out. But the point is I went to Eureka, California, which is certainly not L.A. It's not this hot summer wow type place. It's, you know, it's a very <laughs> temperate climate. It's not going to get terribly hot in the summer. It usually doesn't get higher than about 80 or so. And then in the winter, it doesn't really drop below 50. So it typically stays. So in, nice. you know, right in the middle of winter, it was... I think pretty much the whole entire time I was there, it was in the 60s. I think I saw 70 once or twice, and it was 50s and 60s most of the time. And I, it was nice. It was a nice getaway. And the entire time I was gone, mm -hmm. New England had one of the coldest cold spells they had in a while. Where I don't think I think you had about four or five days in a row where it didn't get above it didn't get above two or three degrees. It was below zero a huge amount of time, and I think even on the warmest days, it was only getting up to about 10 degrees so when i flew back i okay. pretty much missed just about all of it i flew back into new york they did get snow but the snow was so bad that i had uh i was supposed to i was supposed to fly back into new york and i had a client the day after i flew in that was going back from new york city to boston and they had to delay it a day because the snow was so bad and pretty much all over um so i come back and the rest of that winter, I was cold. I'm never cold in the winter. It doesn't bother me. The winters don't. The cold winters don't bother me. But after going to a warmer weather climate for a week, I was spoiled. And the rest of that winter, uh oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> so I can I can see where people who like to go someplace warm for vacation, I think mm -hmm. that kind of changes their mentality. And when they come back to the cold, they hate it more. Yeah. And like you said, you went to Quebec City for a winter festival. 
I I, yeah. I had a a couple years in a row where I went with some some friends to Montreal. Again, very cold, snowy, and come mm-hmm. and you, like you said, come back home and you're like, oh, okay, this isn't bad at all. And it's I think I think staying in cold weather vacation destinations in the winter is better than going to warm because I really do think it messes with your with your oh absolutely psyche. people think they need a break from winter it's like ah, do you yeah you're gonna pay you're gonna pay for it you're gonna be you're gonna love it when you're there yep. and then hate coming back and you're gonna be miserable for the next month god oh yep. so warm in Disney World where blah 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 magic happens blah 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 <laughs> I won't get into that <laughs> you're talking about something specific That's it's the happiest place on earth how can you dis Disney World uh I can't. I got good memories of Disney World from a long time. Ago. I went once. I'm I'm glad for the experience, and we I'm not in a rush to go back. Ten miles that day. This has been Fool Injectors with the Pappas Brothers, and occasionally a reluctant Leslie Pappas. Theme music is entitled "Continuing the Way" by Vlad Gushenko, available on SoundCloud. Doesn't belong in the meat department. Don't be lazy, Andrew. I'm I'm not that good an audio editor. <laughs> it took me half an hour just to figure out how to line up the two audio files. So, <laughs> so I'm glad you're so so into this because I know I can just ride you for all the editing, at least for the <laughs> at least for the first few hundred episodes. And I'm looking like that guy. Yes, I'm that guy. The one that was on the news all over the country for the past like three or four days. I'm that guy.